Hello and welcome back to the Valencia Property Podcast. This month we're looking at visa options for coming to live in Spain and announcing a new service from Valencia Property to help those looking at the lower end of the market. Initially titled the Valencia Property Sherlock Service, but that isn't catchy enough, we're launching it this week and we're looking for a name for it as well. So if you can help out on that, that's cool. Valencia has moved into spring now, and as I write this podcast, I was sitting on my terrace in shorts and a t-shirt at 11pm at night thinking, this is nice. Without the flames enveloping the room in the background, of course, you know, you need to know your meme. Um, But anyway, it might be a little too nice, as we've already had our first forest fire of the season in Montanejos, one of our favourite day trips from Valencia, and we're waiting to see what the result of that is. It was burning for six days, and it might be out now, but I'm not sure. First today though, I look back on what's been happening on the blog and what's happening in the market. Firstly on the blog we had why has that property been on sale for so long, in which we looked at the myriad number of reasons that a property may have stayed on the market, ranging from just not finding the right person, all the way up to the owner being a complete and utter nut job. And that is happening more than you think. Have a read, the links are in the show notes, and every time I say the links are in the show notes, take a look because I think there are about 15-20 links this week. Um, Then we looked at Valencia Properties with Gardens for Spring 2023. We looked at what you can get with a garden to enjoy as we move into spring, because people start thinking of a house with pool, garden and shady spots around about this time, and we have a good selection of stuff available for those people. The next thing was the visa options for coming to live in Spain and later on in this podcast we'll talk more about the visa options for people coming here. But if you prefer to read things rather than listen to them, so why are you exactly listening to a podcast? Yeah, I know people like to listen and then hear my dulcet tones as well, so that's okay. The next one was about why square meters matter more than bedrooms and we looked at the issue of square meters being more important when you're doing a valuation for a property than the number of bedrooms like it is in other countries. Why is that and what does it mean on a practical level for anyone looking to get a mortgage? And based on that, we looked at the difference between cash buyers and people buying with a mortgage. Why it mostly doesn't matter to a seller whether you're a cash buyer or not and more importantly, when it really does matter and why as a cash buyer that may interest you. So what's happening in the market? A couple of weeks ago it was the Fias Fiestas and we were closed from the 15th to 19th of March. We reopened on the 20th and things went back to being mad. Mad in the work sense rather than in the mad in the explosions on every corner sense which is what happened during Fias. However we had a couple of inquirers that we had to say good luck with that because what people were looking for now no longer exists and this may be a direct result of my article a few months back where I said the sweet spot for investment properties is 150 to 180,000 euros. It's now very difficult to find that in the city and the best rental opportunities we are seeing are outside the city. So let's have a look why. The 200,000 lower limit for buying in Valencia. We used to say that if you want something decent in the city with typical characteristics such as three beds, 100 meters minimum in a good area in decent condition and with a lift, you need at least 150,000. There are currently just three properties for sale between central Valencia and the sea with those characteristics, so bear that in mind. If we increase the amount to 200,000, then there are 33 properties between Central Valencia and the Mediterranean, although, of course, some are repeat listings. In Central Valencia, there are exactly zero. Therefore, 200,000 is the new 150k. 
You'll need 200,000 and above to get a decent selection of properties in Valencia that may suit those basic requirements. If we just add in one requirement, then a terrace, then we're down to seven between the town hall and the sea. And of those seven, three are the same listing in one of the worst roads in Valencia. And only one isn't first floor, and that one doesn't have a terrace as such, it's basically a balcony. In other words, a 200,000 budget now doesn't get you three bedrooms and a terrace in Valencia. Therefore, if your dream property has three bedrooms, it has a terrace, it has a lift, and let's say that it's a good sized terrace above the first floor and in a decent area in good condition, you may need to change your mindset and look outside the city. And a month ago, we wrote an article about that and take a look at it in the show notes, of course. Public transport is good and you're never far from a city, but you get a lot more for your money outside. And at the same time, your lifestyle may well be improved with more space, less noise, fewer people around, but with equal access to great facilities at a much lower price. We've said before about the number of places where you can live a very good lifestyle that are outside the city, the towns around it. Check out our blog post about inland towns where you can get a good lifestyle. If you insist on the city, then maybe you'll need to be paying between 200 and 300,000 for those requirements. And if your dream is sitting outside in your penthouse apartment with friends enjoying Valencia's enviable climate, then the number starts with a four or even a five or higher. There are currently just 37 penthouses with a terrace and three bedrooms of a hundred meter plus for sale in Valencia under 600,000 euros. Let me repeat that. There are currently just 37 penthouses with a terrace and three bedrooms of 100 metres plus for sale in Valencia under 600,000. And let's say this again, many of those are repeat listings, so in reality there's not that many. For example, there's a 260k place in El Grau, near to the beach, as I write this, but it's listed six times. So really, there are just 32, not 37. Oh, and by the way, the owner of that particular place is an absolute barnpot. Barnpot is a northern English word which means an absolute nutter, a nut job. So good luck dealing with her. We gave up. It was impossible. As Colombo used to say back in the day though, there's just one more thing that may be useful for those of you wanting to spend under 200000 in the city. Colombo didn't say the whole of that, he just said, there's just one more thing. Over the last few months, the number of properties in the lower price range has reduced rapidly to the bids sold and prices in general of new listings being higher. Agents have become more picky at lower prices and often are refusing to collaborate on those properties, meaning that when we get clients with lower budgets, we often can't help them avoid the scams, get the viewings and negotiate the deals whilst protecting them from making a huge mistake due to any lack of background knowledge. And the fact that the agents listing these properties are working for the seller rather than you. Therefore, we've come up with a new service for clients who contact us for properties under 180k. And that 180k is a movable feast. We might take it down in the future, we might pick it up to 200k. This is totally voluntary though, and we are not insisting on people doing this. But if someone wants the service and our expertise, here it is. Properties do exist in the price range of up to 200,000, but they go really quickly. And as we said in the article a couple of weeks ago, when we talked about 200 bin. 150,000. If you get in touch with us about these properties and share your favourites on a dealista with us like we recommend, then you'll probably see they disappear really quickly as they get sold fast. However, agents will no longer collaborate with us or anyone at that price range because they assume, and quite rightly in many cases, that they'll sell them pretty quickly themselves to the local market. 
We want to do something for those clients in this situation, which is similar to our rental service, where we take an upfront fee and work with all of the agents and owners in Valencia to get you into as many properties as possible when you actually visit. You pay us a fee, you pay the agent the commission. We're going to trial this service for clients getting in touch for the city for properties under 180, where we'll hold your hand through the process of organising all the visits, translating, accompany you on the visits, give our feedback on them, organise the legal representation and help you with the bank accounts, transfers and more for a flat fee of €2,500. You pay it on the start of the work, which isn't normal. Normally you pay us on completion. So this is to give you our hand there to hold you through the process, take you through the process all the way up to the sale. Remember, if you choose this service, because it's not obligatory, you'll also be paying the agency offering the property on purchase. We're not hiding this. This is adding an extra layer of payment into what you want to do, but it might give you a much better choice and you still get accompanied by experts, in other words, us, on finding your property and finding you the right one. Also remember though, We'll be concentrating on you and your requirements. This is simply a service to take advantage of Valencia Properties network of expertise, local knowledge and contacts while getting access to every property on the market that's available when you make your visit as we want to be able to help everyone who gets in touch with us and not have to turn people away like we currently are. We don't like saying to people, we can't get into that one because the agent won't collaborate. It's not fair, it's happening more often now. If you choose not to want this service, then no worries. Just go ahead, start reserving your own visits, contacting every agent, advertising properties, trying to organise things all over the city and outside, and we all remain friends. You never know, maybe we'll still be recommending lawyers, builders and more to you before and after your purchase to make sure you don't get scammed. On reserving your Valencia Property Sherlock service, well, we still need a funky name for this. Uh, any ideas? We're not going to call it the Valencia Property Sherlock service. We'll allocate one of our highly experienced team who will work with you directly from the beginning until you find your ideal property. If during this time we find you a property that we have directly from the owner, or a property on which collaboration is possible, where you won't have to pay the selling agent, then the €2,500 will be deducted from our normal commission fee. Sounds fair? As stated, this is a trial to see if anyone wants this service. We'll be limiting it to four clients per month initially. We think it will be a useful service for property investors as well as clients looking at the lower end of the market. So if you're coming and you're looking to buy various properties, it could actually be a useful service for you as well. Leveraging our knowledge and expertise to help everyone is not just higher end clients, is what we want to do. But we can't offer such expertise for nothing. As an example, last week someone asked us for advice on what to buy after they'd been out with loads of agents in Valencia and they sent us their favourites list in Idealista which had over 70 properties on it, most of which were absolute rubbish. Going through that and making comments, advising, making calls, having consultations, visits etc takes a long time and we can't do it for free as we're so busy with our own clients using our services that this would take away from their experience with us and their experience buying a property. It's at this point we started thinking about how we could offer our services to people like this, and now we have it. And having said all that, we now go on to your visa options. So with the introduction of the new so-called Spanish Digital Nomad Visa, or Remote Worker Visa as we prefer to call it, we're getting lots of inquiries as to which visa option is best for people who are coming from outside the European Union. Now, obviously, there's not a single one-size-fits-all answer to this question, 
everyone's circumstances are different and the required visa may be different for each person. Therefore today we're going to look into the different visas for coming to Spain and who they may suit. So the visa types, your options to which type of visa is right for you if you're coming to Spain from outside the EU are limited but varied. You have the tourist visa, the student visa, the non-lucrative visa, the highly qualified worker visa, the golden visa, the entrepreneur visa and the digital nomad or remote work visa. One thing we need to clear up as I was asked this question this week is that with any of the visas you can buy property in Spain. You don't need a specific visa in order to buy a property. You do need a NIA number. You definitely need to have a NIA number in order to buy. It's essentially a Spanish tax number so that the tax you pay on purchasing your property is registered to you. You can even get this without visiting Spain if you're buying remotely by applying for the NIA at your local Spanish embassy or consulate. Some will require proof of why you need the NIA number and others won't. Some will be easy to get appointments at and others maybe less so. So let's study what is available to you and what might suit you as regards visas. The Spanish tourist visa, otherwise known as the Schengen visa. If you are from a non-EU country and intend to spend less than 90 days out of 180 in the EU, and more specifically Spain in this case, and less than 180 days out of the year in Spain, then this is the visa for you. You can buy your property in Valencia and then spend up to three months here out of any six consecutive months. This is sufficient for many people and is a simple visa to get. We've found this visa useful for those people who want to use their property for short periods of time and then either lock up and leave or even rent out the property for time periods that are not going to be using it or that they have friends and family using the property in their absence. It's important to note that if you can work remotely and intend to spend short periods in Spain then the Schengen visa, as it is also known, allows you to work while in Spain as opposed to the non-lucrative visa for example. As long as you don't go above a 90 day in any 180 day period then you're good to go. However, if you want to spend longer periods in Spain or even be here permanently, then other options are available. The student visa. The student visa is useful for those coming to Spain to study at an accredited institution on courses with at least 20 hours per week teaching. You can see all of the details on our blog post about it. You can see all of the details in the show notes. You're allowed to work for up to 30 hours per week while studying, as long as that work is compatible with the study, i.e. it doesn't interfere with the course, and you must bear in mind that if you apply for the extension of a student visa into a second year, then the income from the work done is not considered as part of the requirements for the student visa. In other words, you still have to be able to prove that you have independent means to live without the job that you're doing. The application for you to work has to be done by the employer, or if you are self-employed then it needs to be accompanied by a business plan. And this is a very difficult way of doing it, but for those of you thinking getting a little extra income and beer money through bar work, teaching English in an academy or anything similar, then you'll generally have an employer who can make the application. Make sure to let them know that you are here on a student visa because they've got to make it an application for that. At the end of your student visa period you can change to a different visa and there's even one lasting a year called the work search visa which also lasts a year to extend your stay. The truth is we don't get many people buying a property in Valencia using the student visa as their method to stay here. But if this is you then no problem as long as you have your NIA number which you should get either before coming or once you get here as it's useful for so many things. The most important part is the course you sign up for has to be accredited by the Spanish government. It doesn't necessarily have to be a university course, remember. It can be a course to learn Spanish, for example. As long as it's got at least 20 hours a week, you're good to go. So therefore, 
If you don't know Spanish at the moment, this could be a way to go. You get here, you start learning Spanish, and you start integrating already while you work up to another visa. The next one is known as the non-lucrative visa. It's often referred to incorrectly as the retirement visa. It's for those people who want to come and live in Spain and already have the means to live here through savings or monthly income without working. Of course, this usually means that they have income from sources that are often pensions, thus it gets called the retirement visa. But it might also include investment income, dividends on shares, company ownership, or other income from property ownership or passive income sources. It also includes savings. Most people do it with pensions or savings, meaning they deposit a certain amount into a Spanish bank to show they have the independent means to live in Spain, or show their monthly income statements of their pensions. We've written about the requirements for the non-lucrative visa previously, so there's an article about that you can click through to in the show notes to see what you need to provide. The article is specifically about Brits, but it's relevant to other non-EU countries. The amount required has risen slightly since that article, but it's still around €2,400 a month for a single person and €600 extra for each family member. Numbers are deliberately vague here as by the time you listen to this, it may have changed. I said this in March 2023, but maybe think of adding 5% per year to those numbers if you're listening to this in future years. The next visa we're going to look at is the Highly Qualified Worker Visa. Now, the Highly Qualified Worker Visa is for those in management and professional roles with a minimum salary of 40k per year. It can be applied for by companies looking to bring in talent to help with the running of their companies, teachers at universities or for graduates and postgraduates from prestigious universities to carry out research in Spain. It's also available for intra-company transfers where the visa applicant is brought in by a multinational company to gain experience in the Spanish branch of their operation. You can find out more about the visa within the show notes. In Valencia, at least, this is a rare occurrence because those intra-company exchanges usually go to the headquarters of companies, which are most often based in Madrid or Barcelona. However, we've had a few people come into Valencia on these visas and they usually ask for rentals because their secondments are often for a year or two, after which they know they'll be moving on. So we don't get well, we don't get any sales out of this, of course. But if it's your case, you can do the highly qualified worker visa. The next one, the golden visa. Only a few weeks ago we wrote about the Golden Visa in an article which you can see in the show notes. The Golden Visa is currently still available but might be worth getting your skates on to get it as soon as possible before the EU cracks down on it. This podcast will be updated as and when regards this point. For those who have not heard about the Golden Visa, uh, where have you been? But anyway, it requires investment in a property or properties of over 500000 without a mortgage in Spain. Once acquired, the application can be made and the process is pretty seamless and quick to get it, as long as your lawyer is competent, just saying. For more information on the Golden Visa, which we've written about many times before, just go to our search page on our blog and click through to the articles. And again, as usual, there's a link in the show notes. The next visa is the Entrepreneur Visa, and I'm yet to meet somebody in Valencia who has come here on the Entrepreneur's Visa. I'm sure they exist, but I haven't met them yet. This is one of the reasons we've never written about this option. However, there is a list of what you need to do on the consulate website. And the main thing is as follows, and we copied this from the consular website. Number four, because we've already had three things, but this is the most important. Number four, you need a favorable report on your project. You need an original and copy of the favorable report issued by the corresponding economic and commercial office in the consular district or by the Directorate General for International Trade and Investments. And the report must take into account, especially and as a priority, the creation of jobs in Spain, 
the applicant's professional profile, their professional training and experience, as well as their involvement in the project, the business plan detailing the project, product or service, the market analysis and the financing, and added value to the Spanish economy in terms of innovation, um, investment opportunities, etc. And this is why most business owners fail to get approval for the entrepreneur's visa. Your business is judged by a Spanish government civil servant of whether it is worthy. We're not worthy! We're not worthy! And they honestly don't have a clue. I know of one applicant in Barcelona whose business plan was rejected, despite it being already a hugely successful company in their own country, because the civil servant didn't understand what SEO or online marketing was, or how the company could scale or create jobs. If you decide to go down this route, then make sure to use a competent lawyer who has successfully presented other projects through this route. Nevertheless, they are few and far between, and as I say, I've never met anyone who's done this in Valencia. If you're good to go with a good business, why don't you try it? Because there are other ways of doing it. The next one is the Digital Nomad or Remote Worker Visa. Now it's up and running for applications from within Spain and by tomorrow it should be ready to go for applications from outside Spain. The Digital Nomad or Remote Worker Visa is aimed at those looking to work in Spain remotely for an employer in another country or for freelancers who can work from anywhere. Obviously we've written about this too so take a look at the articles on our blog so again in the show notes you can find the articles. We've also done a podcast about the Digital Nomad Visa which you can also listen to in the show notes. The big advantage of this visa over the others mentioned above is that if you are working as a freelancer, for example, then you become a tax resident here paying your social security here. Your tax rate is fixed at 24% up to 600k per year for a maximum period of up to five years. Now, in order to benefit from this tax rate, you need to register with the tax authorities, Hacienda, in the first six months of your stay to be eligible for this advantage. It's based on a law known as the Beckham Law. Don't overlook this, because if you do, then you go into the general taxpayer category, which if you are a higher earner, may be up to 48%. And that's it for visa types. There are other less common known visas for special collectives, people fleeing persecution for example, but these are the most common ways to come into Spain from outside the EU. And as we always say now, yes, that includes you in the Brexit loving UK. Finally for this month, we have our recommendations and they are as follows. The property is a sea view apartment overlooking the marina in Valencia. It's not for the pigeons this one apparently, but excellent views as as good as it gets for sea views in Valencia city, which of course is flat as a pancake so you don't get many apartments available with sea views. The video this month is uh, from James Blick. Now, a lot of you will already know James because he's got a YouTube channel called Spain Revealed. And last month, he went on an epic food tour in Valencia. And that included three huge late breakfasts in three different places on the same morning. Click on the link in the show notes for half an hour of Valencia food goodness. James' epic Valencia food tour is well worth a watch. And then just follow along and visit the places yourself. It's worth it. The articles we mentioned in the podcast and stuff that may be useful are also linked in the show notes. And the first one, I haven't mentioned it so far, but by next month, you're going to need to get your applications in for schools for September. There's an article about this from the Valencia Report. Take a look at it and it's got the school admissions dates published in there. 
We've also got like, the articles about the meters and the properties that have been sailed on for a long time, why square meters matter more than bedrooms, your visa options, Valencia properties with gardens, and why has that property been on sale for so long, and our latest one, which was all about cash buyers and mortgages. So, that's it for this month. We leave you with these words spoken by a lawyer we know about another lawyer. Si los tontos fueran a volar, no veríamos el cielo. If stupid people could fly, then we wouldn't be able to see the sky. Yes, his opinion of this guy was really low. And with that piece of advice and knowledge, we say goodbye and just remind you to click through all of the links in the show notes for all of the articles and details we've mentioned this month. So if you've got any questions for us, just get in touch with us. You can do that using our email address, which is information at valencia-property.com. Or you can just search through the blog, go to the link for the WhatsApp button and send me a WhatsApp. It'll be Graham here, by the way, who's on the end of that WhatsApp answering your questions. Happy to chat with people. Speak soon.